0: The truth is that those in power have total contempt for everything they promise, everything they pledge. fight! <engaged> ire ire you gotta snap some cows and let them motherfuckers know you gotta take them out any time you- It up. In the house of rapping, bitch, I'm tracking dust. as deep as cracks and ruts. We filling cars and smacking blunts. Young as baby chicks, I'm smashing yolks and cracking up. Blasting folks with heat that make a thug go back to masking up. Like who the fuck is bad as us? Sticks and stones, we run the block. Got the henchman mad and casting stones. We got to ducking rocks. Man, go back to sucking. C- Never mind, I'm higher than petty jokes and steady roasting fellas on this ready stove. Grow up, I'm already grown. Multiply the size of my appearance. You ain't ready, Holmes. Judging by the look up on your face, you gave me space for thrones. Place the crown of motor raps. Know what happened? Got them raising hands until that shoulder snaps. Hot as burning magnesium. Is he really a heathen or is he voicing opinions appealing to all these hedonists? Neither. Fuck pleasure. I wish I was barely breathing. I'm only a dope MC that's in weight over his ears again I'ma blast off on the time right He's shocked. he's shocked. Everybody in the limelight This braggadocious plus half morose And I bet everybody wanna rhyme like me Used to blow me off like I played like keys but I was annoying all the hoes like please Now when I drop chicks drop to the knee Never took time to rehearse my destructive patterns Energy field of Saturn Already over Earth So this galaxy is my platter Pigs, 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 pigs
1: Oh, Oh, my God. Have you... Jesus Christ, you guys. Have you ever had one of those days and you just sit and reflect on everything that happened to you and you're like, what the fuck is my life? Like, I may be clean and sober, but like, I fucking deal with the weirdest shit still. And the weirdest situations pop up almost like, I mean, I'm not a religious person and I know I've spent the last 12 months um, just being inundated with recovery shit and higher power and in this or that. And it's like, I'm not an atheist. I'm not really subscribed to organized religion, but I don't believe in anything, but it's almost like if there is a God, Like, he must really get a kick out of just testing the fuck out of me (laughs) and throwing circumstances and situations in my life just to see where my head is at and seeing where my morality is at because life has been fucking trippy lately. Aside from... I hate talking about COVID-19. God, I'm so over this shit, you guys. Can we just... I, I And I look, I don't have answers on, <laughs> on this global catastrophe that's going on. But even if that wasn't going on, my challenges now are like, okay, check this out. I'm out of rehab and I'm in sober living, which, you know... For the most part, it's a good thing. Aside from people stealing my fucking food in the in the kitchen. Like, I don't know who's dipping into my orange juice, but I am going to fucking find out. But um, sober living, there's, you know, enough accountability to keep me on my toes and not deviate back into acting out in ways that destroyed me in the past. Which I think is good because now it's like, I'm out of rehab and I'm reintegrating into society and the real world and now I'm dealing with real life situations that I wasn't necessarily prepared for when I went into rehab. You know, it's like 12 month rehab program, you're in the safety bubble for the most part where you're learning about yourself and you're learning about the the things about you that caused you to be just this horrible drug addict. Like, cool, I needed that. And then learning tools to deal with situations in a new way. In a, in a responsible way or in um, a healthy way, you know, if that makes sense. So now being out of rehab, it's like I'm forced To look at all the things that are starting to, you know, come with the more freedoms that come with it. So it's like deciding, you know, like I was working full time, for example, had this job, hours got cut, businesses are shut down. And so then I, I was just like not working. And then I have received this new job opportunity working for a company that manufactures these thermal cameras and they supply them to hospitals all over the the nation right now um, because they need you know hospitals need all this technology to monitor people and so I'm like okay cool I'm going to start this new job it may be a temp job but whatever I'm working and then just the other day when I'm about to start this new job my old job asked me if I want to come back and work for them. So, you know, to a lot of people, they would look at that situation and be like, you know, that's a good problem to have. But for myself, I'm just like having massive anxiety over it and stuck in my head about, well, what's the right decision to make? Which job should I choose? I don't want to make the wrong decision. And then, you know be out of work again or it be not be the right choice. And I was literally having like panic attacks over which job to choose, (laughs) which I mean, now that I'm speaking out loud about it, that sounds really stupid. It's like, at least that's a, that's a better situation to be in than not having any work. But, um, it's weird shit like that. You know, I just got done with finals for school and that was stressful as fuck. Like, dealing with finals and then trying to sign up for classes for the next semester, but having to do everything online, I can't go into the financial aid office and get help with shit. And that's frustrating. Cause if they don't have their shit together, I have to communicate through email, you know, and that, and just dealing with responsibilities when I was just never equipped on <laughs> before handling responsibilities. Um, you know, dating has been an absolute fucking nightmare, you know? Um, and the, the dates I have gone on or the, we'll just say the dating experience I have had thus far since being a free man have just, just shown me that I am in no shape, way or form ready to take on another human being because all this just weird shit pops up where i'm like oh yeah you know before i would ignore red flags and jump right into a relationship but now it's like i have a year clean time and i'm really not willing to roll the dice and throw that all away and so (laughs) needless to say you know, I was, I was dating and then, you know, I got open and honest about my, where my head is at and how I felt about things. And I, I probably just ruined, I probably just ruined that. Um, but I mean, at least I can't really spill tea on, um, you know, my dating and, and this and that, because uh, it's just so fresh and so new, and I don't want to throw people under the bus, but um, just to get it off on my off my chest, it's like there's so much. Like after getting out of rehab, I'm realizing there's so much more working on myself I need to do, and there's so much more. Like if these things are that are happening are are a challenge for me, then I'm no way ready to face. Handling that with another human being, you know, like, it's just like, and and that, that sucks because I like to cuddle. I like, you know, kisses and back rubs and you know, I, <laughs> I like affection, but at the same time, like I feel super fresh, even though I have a year, I still feel super fresh where it's like, if I don't handle my life in the, in the healthiest way, Ways possible, and not address red flags with anything that happens, like putting myself in, you know, wh- who my social circle is, or this or that, it's like, that frightens me, you know, that kind of terrifies me to the point where it's like, I need to step back. And when that like, conscious voice Like creeps in and says you shouldn't be doing this or you should handle this in a way where you set healthy boundaries and communicate that even though it's insanely fucking uncomfortable to do that because I'm so addicted to validation and people pleasing and I was so used to telling people what they wanted to hear to be able to like say something that might upset somebody even though it's what's best for me. That is so new and foreign to me and so uncomfortable knowing that I'm like, you know, and it's hard to not get into details about shit, like dating and stuff, but in the, in the long run, it's just, it's fucking weird. Like being adulting and being responsible and and doing those types of things. It is so new and weird to me. And it's so fucking uncomfortable. And I'm sorry to go on a rant like this. This is, I have to get this off my chest because I think a lot of people, when they get clean and they get past a crippling drug addiction like I had, um, these are the types of challenges people face when they're reemerging into the world, you know, and thank God I have people I can reach out to, to give me solid advice. You know, thank God I have my sponsor I can call or people here, friends, um, all over that I can reach out and be like, Hey, this situation's happening to me. Does this seem like weird? How do I handle this? What should I do? And get like solid advice. Whereas before I would just, I, I would not handle these things the same way. And just I mean I'm not gonna say I'm like this recovered perfect person like holy shit like it just it's just a huge realization that um that I don't know that shit's different now I can't just go out and party and ignore all this shit because I mean it'll topple over me so that's where I'm at lately um I, there's just and then there's there's so much other shit that's happened that I wish I could indulge all you listeners on you know I got in a fight with this guy who used to be my bunkie at inpatient cause he's engaged after four months of dating someone and I was just like wow you're fucking insane <laughs> It's like, who gets engaged after? And honestly, I don't think it was four months. I'm pretty sure it was like one to two months, but who gets, uh, and it's none of my, bu- look, it's none of my business. I have to spill tea and just get this off my head. T- it's none of my fucking business what this person cho- chooses to do with their life. But, uh, what do you guys think? You, <laughs> this guy got kicked out of the inpatient for dating someone at the homeless shelter, because he refused to stop seeing them. And all this other crazy shit happened afterwards and then he moves in with her after she finally gets a place and they're engaged after a few a couple months of dating. Like who the fuck what the f- But that's just that's none of my business. Like Kermit the Frog says, that's none of my fucking business, <laughs> but like I've I've yet to to find a success story where people are like, yeah, you know, it's like, it's like you ever watch 90 day fiance and think to yourself, these people are fucking insane. You're going to get the dude, what, how often does that like become a complete success? They may be except like rules to the exception, but for them, you know, 90 plus percentile range, the 90 day fiance shit, it never works out. Right? That's why we watch it. We love watching a fucking train wreck. (laughs) You know? Like, And this is just like... The same shit. You're gonna... But whatever. That's just my opinion. So take it for what it is. If you're listening out there, my friend who's getting... Who's engaged after fucking two... To four months of dating someone you... Barely fucking know. Like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? But anyway... Who's outside my window. Uh. Anyway, you guys, um, I'm just sitting in my fucking bedroom cause I need to get a recording done. And, uh, you know, I've been so busy with, with work and school and, and trying to be productive, even though sometimes I'm just lazy as fuck. I I decided, you know, because I haven't scheduled any guests to come on, I dug through the hard drive and I found a shit ton of old recordings. Like I found a shit ton of them. And I really would like to get these released. It's just weird because some of the recordings I have that I listen back on, I'm doing like a phone interview with a friend, and even though we're it's over the phone or if, even if it's in person, like I'm clearly loaded in some of these recordings and it like to hear back on how differently my voice sounds and how loaded I sounded. It's so fucking cringy. It's, it's difficult. It's, it's rough to listen through that and be like, Oh God, I was literally doing a phone interview and shooting up while this dude's talking about, God knows what and whatever the fuck I was talking about. So sometimes I'm like, should I scrap these? Should, but I mean, it is, if anything, it's like a fucking timestamp in history of being like, oh, that's where my life was back then. I can't even believe I decided that one day I'm going to do a podcast while chronically relapsing. Like who does that shit? i'm so i'm fucking i was such a fucking idiot and for somehow i had managed to have on the regular have gone episodes out to you guys it's just so weird to see how how like far i've progressed in my life and made such an effort to to get better and And, you know, I'm like, don't get me wrong. I'm nowhere where I would like to be, but I'm so much better off than I was before. So when I go back and listen to like two year old recordings or, or even, you know, recordings that are over a year old. And then I'm like, wow, I was so strung out in that recording. It's, it's semi painful to listen back on, you know, um, like, holy shit, dude. But Yeah. Anyway, so I did manage to find like two or three short stories, because I know a lot of you guys are here for the stories, and and at some point, I don't know when, but I, I just belted out a bunch of quick 10-minute stories. You know, I had a story about the first time I was really exposed to tweakers and tweaker houses. There's... um. A story about me and one of my ex-girlfriends in Pasadena being strung out, and I found a story about the the infamous story of my encounter with Andy Dick. So I thought, you know, each story is like ten minutes. I, I mean, I'm just gonna get them out here on one episode. It's so this this episode is just me by myself recording a series of short stories all just crazy drug war stories, you know, and not much recovery (laughs) in involved in it. It's just crazy shit I used to do when I was just out getting super fucked up. And that's, that's the gist of it. So that is, you know, that's the episode. So hopefully they're entertaining um, to all of you. One other thing I just would love to get out there is, um, so basically, I could definitely use your help, Squadron. You know, not financially or anything, but if you listen to this podcast and you enjoy it, there is a series of things you can do to help me out. You know, I always say, like, Our social medias, we have a Facebook, a Twitter, an Instagram and this and that, you know, and I'm not the best at social media marketing. I mean, I've been doing kind of this all on my own and I, I've had a co-host in the past, but, uh, he's not doing the best right now. So it's, I really don't want to put the added pressure of him to be a regular guest on this podcast. And that's a whole nother episode to talk about if he's willing to like, open up about it one day, but it's like, you know, with work and school and everything, I'm, I'm basically just, and it's up to me to record, clean up the audio and release this for you guys. So it's been, I don't have a studio. I'm literally recording in a sober living. So what can you do to help? Well, if you can give us a review on iTunes, I would love a fucking review on iTunes. That would be amazing. If you can share this podcast with your friends, uh, if, if you think they enjoy, you know, this kind of content, that would help. If you could go on our Facebook page, on our Facebook page, there is a part where you can like write a review. We have a one five-star review on Facebook, so if you're able to find that on Facebook and write us a stellar review, um, but mainly, yeah, emails, iTunes reviews, Facebook reviews, and... You know, I'm fucking horrible at getting bigger name guests on. So, (laughs) and I'm no surprise. I'm sure people look at our Twitter and they're like, who's this fucking nobody (laughs) who wants to, I'm not coming on that show. Um, I'm trying to get a few people on. I have a few goals to get some bigger name celebrities on. I want to get Mr. Brandon Novak on. I would love to have him on. Maybe Allie from Dope Signation, that would be cool. Duncan Trussell would be an amazing person to have on. But uh, you know, one step at a time, if some of you are listening right now and are have, have a Twitter, uh tweet at Brandon Novak and be like, hey, I'd really think you should come on the the Nod Squad podcast. That would be cool. I love that show and I love you, and I think you should go on there. Cause I <laughs> I'm really horrible about convincing bigger name people to come on, and you know I don't blame them. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm a fucking I'm a weirdo, but that's that's one thing you guys can do that would really help me out. I did get a cool email the other day from a listener, and you know I haven't read an email in a super super long time so i'm just gonna read an email real quick before we get into these stories and this email is from uh someone named maria uh and she writes hi brian i found your podcast via psychotropic and have been listening to the episodes for a couple weeks now i have to tell you i'm impressed how you can put together a podcast with currently 64 episodes always new stories new guests." Narration varying between insightful, funny, and and head-scratching. <laughs> Generally just a good filler of airtime, and so often without any of the fancy gear and setups that other fancier but less interesting podcasts boast. Thank, Thanks for creating this podcast and keeping the episodes coming. I have never used the drugs you guys talk about or had any desire to, aside from... The Usual Alcohol and Caffeine, but podcasts like yours have helped me be more empathetic and understanding towards people who do without condoning all the negative side effects on themselves and the people around them. I commend you for just telling it like it is in the moment and giving outsiders like me insight in what happens in lives we'd only ever see from either a safe and generally judgmental distance or when... We're picking up the pieces after a user's bad decisions by putting Nod Squad out there. I think you've done a lot of people a favor, increased human kindness by increasing understanding, so to say. I want to wish you all. I want to wish you the best in all your efforts. Great job, Maria. Um, thank you, Maria. And yeah, you know, it. I'm glad that that can have you know that what this weird thing it is that I do where I just just you know rap into a mic and tell the, some of the most horrible things I've done in my life can help people who have never been afflicted with that, the kinds of drugs I was abusing some inside understanding of what it l- is like to live as a addict and a recovering addict I mean at the time I we were just trying to tell crazy stories and I was just in and out of relapse all my friends were in and out of relapse And I think that's the craziest thing about this podcast that is different from other, you know, war story or recovery podcasts is that I think we were, when me and all my friends got together and recorded these stories, we were so fresh and we were so, um, we felt so lost and we weren't taking, you know, our situation seriously. And, you know, a lot of me and my friends were just Constantly dropping the ball constantly fucking up I know at least for me I was and then when I finally made the decision to go and get help as I continued to releasing episodes a lot of people who listen can could kind of see me growing and me going through this process because this is a fuck it's one of the most uncomfortable processes someone can go through is is getting clean and having to face all this uncomfortable shit when we're so used to numbing out and, and putting that behind, like trying to hide those, those feelings and that shame and that guilt and that resentment, all that shit. It was the biggest challenge. And so I'm glad I was able to keep getting episodes released while in rehab. So people could kind of see that documentation of of my progress through it. And I mean, I still face challenges. I mean, we all face challenges, but, um, you know, I, I'm glad that outsiders who, who don't have the same kind of, I don't know, disease as a lot of people that may listen also get entertainment value out of it. So thank you. Yeah. And with that, you know, I, I really am, I'm spent, dude. (laughs) I'm sorry for that rant. I just wanted to get all that off my chest. And I hope you guys are doing well. You know, if you guys can help out in the ways I am asking, fuck yeah. I love you guys. If you can, and if you can't, I understand too. Um, it, the thing, the biggest, craziest challenge is having friends on. You know, I've had a lot of friends that say, oh, I want to come on. And then they get super real about their life and then, After we got recording there, they kind of say, no, I, I, you can't release that. That's too real, you know? Cause I mean, and I get it. Like sometimes I I look back and I'm like, fuck, I can't believe I just opened up up about all this embarrassing or horrible shit I did. And now people anywhere around the world can listen to it. (laughs) It's fucking insane. So that's been a huge challenge. So Yeah. Lately, I've just been super unprepared, and not only that, the the old recordings with the older friends and guests I've had on—they're just—they make me cringe so hard because I'm loaded in a bunch of them. So, but I uh, I'll wrap my head around ways in which I'm able to edit those and mix them down and get them up for release because they're even though I may be loaded in them some of it's fucking good content, so I gotta figure out how to do that, but with that, yeah, I love you guys, I hope you're doing well, this fucking world is insane right now, you know, I hope you're managing, I know for myself, um, mental health, like, being stuck indoors, or being without a job, or wondering where your next paycheck is coming, how you're gonna feed yourself or your families, that puts a huge strain on mental health, and, um, And just fucking, it's just a huge stressor. Like, this whole world is fucking insane right now. So I'm hoping that these stories can help distract you, at least for a little bit from that, or give you some kind of perspective that we're know we all going through this together. Um, And and all we can do is hope for the best. So with that, I'm out of here. I got a bunch of shit I got to do. Hope you guys enjoy these stories. And as always, peace, love, and all the above. Okay, so, <laughs> um, I listened back to the recording of this story and it, it just sounds super rushed because I think I, I think I tried to send this story into Dopey and, um, and so I wanted to keep like the seven minute mark, but it just sounded super rushed. Maybe I was spun when I did this, <laughs> this is fucking idiot story of mine so i'm just re-recording it um but this is the story of when i ran into celebrity Andy Dick so at the time during this story i'm living in Pasadena i'm in between jobs and i'm not working whatsoever not, not i'm not working a a real job you know i'm collecting unemployment and, you know, running around the streets of L.A. and Pasadena, you know, DJing here and there where I can and um, selling whatever drugs I can, mainly just doing drugs. That was my main get down. <laughs> so at the time, I'm sitting in, oh God, it was a four bedroom townhouse. I was living in a four bedroom townhouse and I, I kind of decked out the bottom four there's a two story like townhouse and on the bottom floor I had my little room and I had this giant grow operation. So I was like trying to grow weed, sell weed. And, um, I had acquired like, I, I think like two ounces of, of psilocybin mushrooms. Um, I'm not mobile. I don't have a car at the time. You know, I, I would borrow my roommate's car here and there, but for the most part I have no, I have no means of transportation aside from you know the bus and the metro and whatnot so I'm trying to make money and sell these these mushrooms so I'm on my uh my shitty chocolate cell phone I don't know if you remember uh, the chocolate cell phones so they kind of flipped up but I have that and I'm I'm just massive texting all my friends. Like, I got shrooms on deck. I got shrooms on lock. Like, who wants mushrooms? I got them. You know, probably taking very horribly, you know, bad graphic, bad pixelated photos of these mushrooms. And I get a couple of bites. I get get like three or four people who are like, yeah, come through. I want to buy this amount of shrooms. I want to buy that amount of shrooms. And so I have one of these like Metro, uh, unlimited pass cards, you know, in LA, you can buy a, a Metro pass card and just wave the card to pay for your bus fare or your Metro fare. And I think, I think for the whole month, unlimited bus rides, unlimited Metro rides, it's like $80 for a month pass. So for me, I was like, that's sweet. You know, I can get around town and, you know, not worry about shit. I mean, sometimes I would steal rides, on the, on the train or whatnot too, but that's risky business when you carrying whatever quantities of drugs you have. Cause sometimes they do checks and if you get stopped, you're, you're kind of fucked. Um, so I have this whole mission where I have to go all over different parts of LA County and sell all these mushrooms. I think the, f- I had to go take all these bus routes to get up to like Tarzan, I think it was Tarzana, way up in the mountains and sell. I had to go to this like crazy Wook hippie house, and there's all these Wooks there, and a bunch of them want shrooms. So I go up there, I sell a bunch of shrooms, make a little bit of money, smoke a massive amount of weed with them, and then now I have to get out of there. And go all the way down to Burbank. I meet one of my other DJ buddies. I sell him a bunch of shrooms. And then I, from Burbank, I have to go into Hollywood, which is my old stomping grounds. I had originally lived in Hollywood, right near, you know, kind of near Hollywood and Vine area. And um, I was going to a, a I, when I had first moved back to LA, I was attending a, a music college called Musician's Institute. It was right off of Hollywood Boulevard. And while I was in that school, that's when I lost one of my testicles. <laughs> and if you've listened to older episodes, you know, I, you know, I lost a testicle, ball cancer, um, and that's a whole story in itself. But what, after I had surgery for that, I ended up having to drop out of the school and I, I, you know, I had this whole fucking debacle where my girlfriend broke up with me and my crazy D list actor roommate, who's been in just some shitty films you've probably seen. He kicked me out because I would hang out with our neighbor. The dude was fucking psycho. But anyway, um, I have a lot of friends in Hollywood still. So I go back to Hollywood and I'm selling more shrooms and now I've sold all these shrooms, all two ounces of mushrooms I have sold and I am sitting on a fat stack of money. Now I know a guy in Hollywood through mutual friends who always has Roxy's on lock. He was like uh, disabled. He was always in a wheelchair and my friends were like, yeah, he gets prescribed Roxy cottons. So I would always hit him up and buy Roxy's off of him, and I think at one point I even convinced him that <laughs> I convinced him that I could sell them. I'm like, oh, oh, I know a bunch of people who want Roxy's. I want a bunch of people who want Roxy's. So front if you front them to me, I can sell them and come back with money. And you know, I I'd never really sold them. I would just do them all and then hustle enough cash to pay what I owed and get fronted more Roxy's. <laughs> so I ended up getting a hold of him. And I'm like, hey, I got a bunch of money. You know, I'm pretty sure it's like money I owe you and I need more Roxy's. So he's like, yeah, come come through. So I go and this is like right in the heart of fucking Hollywood. I go there and I just buy a massive amount of Roxy's. And while I'm doing this, I hit up another friend who I knew from the school I was going to before Musicians Institute who I, like he, he was from Chicago and he had never smoked weed before. And I ended up getting him stoned for his first time. And he just turned into this huge stoner. So he hits me up because I told him I was in town with mushrooms. I mean, by then they were all gone, but he was like, let's hang out and smoke weed. So I was like, yeah, pick me up at that dude's house who has all the Roxy's." So I, I get out, you know, before I leave, I rack up, to at least two Roxy's. snort them at this dude's house. And I'm walking out of the uh, complex, just feeling like amazing. You know, I'm like, oh, cool. All right, cool. I sold all this, all these mushrooms. I'm got a bunch of cash and a bunch of Roxy's. I'm feeling good. There's a party going on later tonight that someone wants me to like a house party, not like at a venue, but someone's place they want me to d j at, so it's gonna be a good night and so my buddy picks me up and he's got um two of his friends in the back of the car you know i i demand I demand a shotgun, and we're gonna drive to go smoke some weed, so you know my buddy's got a bunch of weed and I'm the one who knows where the party is who can get them in. So we're driving, we end up on like Sunset Boulevard right by where like Hollywood High School is. And we're driving down Sunset Boulevard and we pull up to a stoplight and we look over and who do we see but Andy fucking Dick. Now, I believe at the time Andy Dick was like just had gotten divorced or separated with his wife or fiance or something. But from what I heard, he was like staying in a shack in his ex wife's backyard. Like she wouldn't let him live in the house, but he was allowed to stay at a shack in the backyard. And he was just a fucking mess. Like everybody knew around the scene. I was like, Andy Dick, just shows up to events, super wasted, acting a fool. And, um, this is the kind of stuff you would hear in Hollywood. And, um, and my buddy, he's, you know, he's not, he's from Chicago. He's, he's not, he's still fresh in the Hollywood scene. And he looks over and I'm like, and I'm like, dude, that's Andy fucking Dick. And my buddy's super starstruck. And he, he rolls down the window. And Andy, Andy looks like he just plastered out of his mind. He looks like he got hit by a bus. You know, his clothes are all ratty. His hair is all fucked up. Like he just got out of bed, but he looked, he, he's not walking a straight line, <laughs> so to speak. And so my buddy rolls down the window and he's like, Andy, come smoke weed with us, man. And Andy just looks over, jolts up and he just gets in our fucking car. Pushes the dude into the middle seat, and he's in the back seat. Now we're driving down Sunset Boulevard with Andy fucking Dick. Random as fuck. Like, like, I was not expecting this to happen. I'm loaded on oxy, so I really don't give two shits. I'm just going with it. I'm like mildly uncomfortable because I've never met Andy Dick before. I've heard weird things about him. He can be wildly... Inappropriate at times <laughs> from from stories I've heard. So we take we're going down sunset and we take a left on La Brea. And we're going southbound on La Brea. No destination in mind at the time. And um our plan was to smoke weed. But well, now we got Andy Dick in the car. I literally, he's sitting right behind me. I can smell. On his, off of his breath and his body like cheap charcoal vodka and it just reeks of vodka and I'm like dude this guy is fucking plowed this is this is gonna get weird it is already weird but it's gonna get weirder so out of nowhere when, uh, someone in the back whips out this like this like 18 inch glass bong and proceeds to pack the bong full of weed so now we're driving down La Brea totally mobile you know the sun is setting but it's still semi-bright out and you know Hollywood's a busy area I believe this is a Friday night we're just taking bong loads passing around a giant bong in the car definitely uh suspect <laughs> and and Andy's smoking with us you know we pull over under like some underpass at one point we're smoking more weed, taking selfies with, with Andy Dick, and just cruising around smoking weed. Not a care in the world, thinking what could possibly happen. Now, at some point, things get more uncomfortable. I don't know if Andy Dick is gay, but he was definitely making strange advances towards our friend in the back seat. he's sitting next to. You know... Like, you know when people, like, talk to you and then they touch your, like, thigh and their fingers are kind of, um, you know, close to the inside of your thigh? Weird, right? And he and he's, like, having weird flirtatious innuendos. Like, I'm not trying to slander any dick. Like, he probably doesn't remember this for shit. But he's, like, is mildly inappropriate, <laughs> to say the least. And Andy wants to score some Coke. And he knows a guy who can get Coke. And he wants to go to a party. He, wants, he, he said he heard about some party or this or that. And we we're like, oh, well, we already have a party in mind. And he's like, all right, let's go to that party. I'm down. And he kind of just invites himself to this party. But he wants to get Coke. And it's all the way across town. And he wants us to drive him. You know, we I, I me and my my friends were just under the impression we were going to drive around smoke weed with Andy Dick and then send him on his way no we're stuck with Andy Dick he's his 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 goal is to party with us for the rest of the night and I start to look over at my friend driving and I'm like we I give him this look like uh we kind of need to we need to get we need to shake Andy Dick we need to get rid of him uh this is this is getting weird and, but I can't say that. Andy Dix is right behind me. I don't want to offend him or be like, you know, I I just, I'm, I'm high on oxies, I'm stoned on weed. I don't know how to, uh, to, to, <laughs> I don't know what to do in this situation. Uh, what do you, what do you do? You know, you don't want to be rude. You don't want to hurt Andy's feelings. And, and he's in some sort of way, but he's getting super, Andy's getting super clingy. And so, um, <laughs> Needless to say, I'm texting my buddy driving and I'm like, cause I don't want Andy to hear this conversation. I'm like, dude, we need to, we need to ditch Andy Dick. So way down in La Brea, like towards like third street, there was like a parking lot for a shopping mall. And we, we kind of get the idea like, Oh, we're going to stop here. We need to go to the store and get something. And we're we're kind of slowly pretending to walk in the mall And I've already texted my buddy, Miguel, like, we need to ditch Andy Dick. We need to ditch him. So we go in the mall and we're walking around and Andy's just high as a kite, drunk, looking at all these things, shopping, running off by himself. And that's when I grab my friends and I'm like, all right, let's go. We need to leave. And we we proceed to run out of the mall and sprint to our car. And we we ditch Andy Dick in the... (laughs) we ditch Andy Dick at the mall and we drove off and we went to a party without him. (laughs) And in hindsight, it might've been cool to like, be the ones that brought Andy Dick to a party, but I could, I could already tell if things went awry and Andy Dick got blackout drunk and got in a fight or who knows what, whoever's house it would be or whoever his party was, they'd be like, who brought Andy Dick to this party? Like, what the fuck were you thinking? You know? And it, it was just like, uh, it was a very uncomfortable situation, but we go to the party, have a good time. And somehow I, I, I make it home safely, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that, that's the, uh, that's the Andy Dick story. And, uh, from what I hear, Andy Dick is doing much better. Shout out, Sandy Dick. Uh, hope you're doing well. I'm pretty sure he's in better, uh, better place in life, as as am I. So I'm sorry I ditched you, Andy Dick. And um, yeah. Anyway, that's the story. So it's story time. Uh, Oh, Jesus. All right, so. Okay, so here's a good one. So this is uh, back when I'm in. I am in Pasadena. And I'm strung out with one of my girlfriends, Carla, who uh, last time I checked is in a... Rehab situation, inpatient type of deal. So good on her for getting clean. Uh, she actually called and reached out and let it, let me know she is, you know, now clean and doing well. I haven't heard from her in a while, so I'm hoping she's still clean. Carla, if you're listening to this, reach out, email me, <clears throat> nod squad podcast at gmail.com, <laughs> or hit up my phone if I am have access to it or not. I don't know. I'm in rehab right now. Uh, I'm recording this right before going to rehab. So uh, <laughs> anyway, it was Valentine's Day and we basically, we had scored a bunch of fucking black tar heroin and we had shot up in the alleyways of downtown LA and we had dropped off our, our middleman connect And we're heading home from downtown Los Angeles to Pasadena and it's nighttime. And, you know, one of the buildings, I think one of the local hospitals, like they had like a heart lit up with like the, the fucking different like levels and floors of like this giant skyscraper building. I don't know. It was quite romantic, but I mean, we were fucked off on heroin, like fuck off. We were fucked off. And so anyway, uh, (laughs) we had finally gotten back into Pasadena, and it's like 1.30 in the morning. And Carla's in Sitting Shotgun, obviously, and she's the only person in the car, but she's passed the fuck out. She's not nodded off. She's not fallen out. She's just fallen asleep. But we're we're both really high. We might have done some coke, too. I don't remember. Probably not, because she was passed the fuck out. So... I'm smacked back and around this time that Ghost ride the whip song by E 40 shout out e 40. Uh, it had come out and it was really popular, you know,
0: ghost ride the whip, ghost ride the whip, ghost ride the whip, ghost ride the whip.
1: Anyway, I had never ghost ridden a whip before. I think I tried once and it was, it didn't end well, but, uh, like I jumped in my car and like fucking hit the brakes all hard and like hit my head on like the windshield or something. I don't know. But the, you know, I just remember not ever successfully ghost riding the whip. And I'm like on this like back street in Pasadena and it's wide. It's like some streets in Pasadena, like in some of the suburban areas, they're really fucking wide and they're empty. And it's like, it's one 30 in the morning. It's a, fucking ghost town. It's a shanty town ghost town. There's nobody out, right? From what I can see. And so I'm like, you know, listening to whatever music I'm listening to. And uh and I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to ghost ride the whip right now and not give a fuck. All high on heroin." <laughs> so I fucking I slow down to uh, a reasonably very low speed. Don't try this at home, kids. This is very very Irresponsible on my part, but I get out and I start ghost riding the whip 1.30 at night. You know, my fucking girlfriend is just passed the fuck out, and I even like you know I'm like trying to do a little seawalk. I mean, I don't I I you know Pasadena and Altadena it's heavily blood territory, so I was not seawalking, but I was doing my little my little noodle groove shuffle (laughs) and. I even jump onto the hood of the car while it's like, there's no one in the fucking driver's seat. I'm on the hood of my car. My car's rolling down the street. I'm taking selfies of myself, you know, on my car and my (laughs) selfie. My girlfriend is just passed the fuck out. It was so bad. And then uh, all all I remember is some old man was out walking his dog at one thirty Because all of a sudden, I'm taking selfies, you know, of me ghost riding the whip with my passed out girlfriend in the car thinking it's really funny and just the best time ever. And I just hear someone go, hey, what are you doing over (laughs) there? And I look over and it's this old man. And he's it's like an old man from like typical stereotypical old men from the movies. He's got his fucking robe on. Probably in his boxers, because I just see a pair of shins and like really long tube socks and flip flops. And I see this tiny white dog yapping at me. And I'm like, oh, shit, because he probably saw the flash from the selfie because, you know, it's one thirty at night. You need a flash with your ghost riding the whip and trying to take a selfie. I mean, that's just common sense. Come on. So he starts. R- I, I look over to where I hear this sh- sh- uh, sh- shriek (laughs) and this dude's like trying to run at me but he's got his dog and he's like in a fucking loose like robe so as he's running at me it's cold I mean probably to him I was on fucking loads of drugs so my body temperature was just ripe at the right temperature for that you know time of the morning (laughs) and but when he's trying to run at me his robe is like coming undone (laughs) So he's trying to keep his robe closed and keep his dog up with him while he's running after me. So I had to be like, oh shit. And somehow I hop into my fuck the door is wide open. So I, I jump over the door and hit the, you know, little foot railing of the of the car and get into my, you know, get in the driver's seat and I speed off to our, our little bungalow apartment that we would shoot up in. And uh and yeah, that's the story. I, there's just so many memories of that bungalow apartment in Pasadena where I'd be like having to do like court ordered community service for like Caltrans and I'd be getting up super early and like, like sneaking through my fucking, (laughs) my girlfriend at the time's purse and like finding drugs and pinching some and, you know, cooking up shots for throughout the day. Oh, it was so bad. It was very, it was wrong of me to steal drugs, but I'm a hopeless drug addict. So that's what happened. And, uh, that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. I even remember, uh, like the last two days of community service, I had no more dope and I had to do Caltrans, like picking up trash on the side of the freeway. um, dope sick like getting hot cold flashes oh god it was the worst and you know what's even more fucked up is then I after I took the the like certificate certification of completion for Caltrans community service they I those two days that I did dope sick I didn't have to do I had already done all the days I had to do and I fucking they made for some reason they didn't keep track of it so I ended up doing two extra days those fuckers, if you're listening, Caltrans of Pasadena, you made me do two extra days of community service, and I was dope sick during those two days, and it wasn't pleasant. And I am upset with you, mildly, in present day, for you making me do that. I mean, back then I was extra un- unpleasantly, you know, unsatisfied with the fact that you made me do that because you made me yeah you guys made me do some fuck I saw so many you know what I noticed and what I found out I came to find out doing Caltrans community service well first of all there's a lot of people drinking and driving out there on the freeways because I found so many beer cans and so many little tiny little bottles of alcohol you guys need to you know you need to watch yourselves out there on the road not not really for yourself as much as other people even. But I also realize that truckers poop in bags and throw them on the side of the freeway. So I had to pick up lots of human feces on the side of the road because of you damn truckers who just don't want to pull over to a rest stop or pinch your loaf till you get to a rest stop. And that also makes me upset with you. I mean, even more so than the people drinking and driving. I don't want to pick up human shit. The only other time I had to handle just as much, if not more, human poop was in L.A. County Jail in my trustee job. (sighs) You fuckers and your fucking human poop that you just throw on the... Anyway, that's my story, you guys. Uh, And I hope you enjoy it. It's Unk, Uh, I'm signing off, nodding off Uh, Well, I'm not nodding off (laughs) I'm signing off, I'm dropping the mic I'm clean, I'm suffering from uh, pause uh, insomnia And it's driving me fucking crazy So I thought I'd get a story out to you Or get one that I remembered While I still remember it down on wax, as they say So I'm out. I love you guys. Stay safe. Stay strong. And of course, peace, love, and all of the above. It's story time With Unk And this is a story About the first time I encountered Tweakers This is before This is before I became a tweaker I was really just a big stoner I was selling a lot of weed So I would usually buy Like either a half ounce Or a full ounce I was kind of low level but it was like I was laying in weed to smoke for free, basically. So I'd sell three eighths, make my $150 and have free eighth with the half ounce I got. Or I'd sell six eighths and get a free quarter of weed to either sell and make extra money or just smoke on. So I'm sitting on the I think I had an ounce and I'd already sold a bunch, but I had a half ounce left. And there was a there was someone at this tweaker house. That wanted a quarter of weed And someone wanted an eighth So I was like, fuck yeah That's three eighths I got a free eighth to smoke Let's do this, you know I'm fucking, I'm ramped Now this tweaker house Me and my friends like to call the Padoof Palace Uh, We called tweakers Padoofers Because, you know, when tweakers are smoking off of the Pookie Or the Douglas or the Glass Dick Or what have you, whatever you want to call it uh, <laughs> they when on the, on, upon the exhale, they would make these weird noises. They like, they'd fucking milk it up and they'd rip a fucking, you know, tweaker pipe really fat. And then when they'd fucking exhale it out, like puff the magic dragon or whatever, they'd make these God awful noises. Like, <gasps> like what the fuck do you really have to like uh, it was just like so we thought they were saying something like
0: padoof
1: <laughs> so stupid but we called them padoofers and this was the padoof palace like the the town's a one top vip tweakers lived there So we're, we're, I think it was like Friday night and we were gearing up for a party and we had already been drinking some like E E and J. It was like an E and J fifth and a spliff kind of night and, you know, chase it with Mountain Dew Code Red because it was the nineties or the early two thousands. And you know, Mountain Dew Code Red Red was, was really big at the time. I mean, shout outs to anyone who, who knows, who knew the zeitgeist of the times, but so we're walking over from our, our buddy's house who we, you know, get weed off of and right around the corner is the Padoof palace. So we're gearing up to see some weird shit. Cause we know tweakers are weird. I mean, I got spun out many a da- times and I got really weird as well. But anyway, we go in there all the lights are off. And the, one of the tweakers is like, you gotta be really quiet, man. You gotta be really quiet. We're getting noise complaints, blah, blah, blah. And it's like 10 30, 11 30 at night. So we're like, Whoa, this is already weird. And uh, the person who wants the weed is in the garage. So I go in the garage and what do I see? Well, I got to vape first before. It's really weird. I (laughs) I open the door that leads to the garage. All the lights are out and there's a single fucking candle lit. And this dude is hunched over this fucking candle with a butter knife and he's heating up a butter knife. And I'm like, what the fuck, what in the fuck are you doing? And he's like, man, he's like, I've been trying to get all the, we got all this spare wood and I've been like chopping it up and making a bar, a bar table with it for the fucking garage for parties. But like. You know, we were using the power tools and like we got the cops called on us because the noise was too loud. So then we stopped using the power tools and used hand saws. But then we got a complaint again by the cops because the lights were on and it was leaking into our neighbor's bedroom. So now I'm hunched over here over over this candle and and he was heating up this fucking butter knife till it was red hot and then using it to saw through wood. Until the putter knife, like, was, you know, not hot enough to melt through wood, I guess. And then he's, like, silently tapping (laughs) nails and hammers (laughs) to make this the most ghetto, what eventually became the most ghetto rigged bar stool, not stool, but bar table Ever. But they did make it and it did work and they served drinks behind it. And I, you know, when they had parties, I'd come over and roll joints behind it. And uh, I mean, it was very weird. That house. (laughs) I don't remember much about that house, but I remember it was always weird. I remember being at one party there and everyone sloshed. And I mean, there, everyone who lives there is spun out there was one guy we called the green goblin cause he would turn green every time he did meth. But like there was this guy, this kid, Johnny, we'll call him Johnny Appleseed. And this guy is fucked up. He's fucking blackout drunk. And I have one last cigarette and I didn't even really smoke cigarettes. So I didn't even care about cigarettes, but he wouldn't stop fucking bugging me. And, uh, he was just like, you know, you better give me some of that cigarette. You better share your cigarette with me, bro. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, if you don't share that cigarette with you, I'm going to beat you up. And I'm like, fuck you, Johnny Appleseed. Like, who the fuck are you? I've known you forever. And you're trying to get your... Just because you're sloshed and sloppy drunk, you're going to try and threaten me? The unk? I don't think so. I had two balls back then. <laughs> <clears throat> but then... Um, this person who was there, who ended up becoming a UFC fighter, he had my back. He fucking had my back. I'm not going to, you know, reveal identities, but you know who you are. Chest bump. Solid, bro. Had my back. And he's like, you know what? Fuck you, Johnny Appleseed. He's like, I'm sick of you fucking with Unc. He's fucking down as fuck. <laughs> And if you were, if you fucking lay a hand on him, I'm fucking you up. So then like they're about to fight and I think they do start fighting and it's like, wow, Johnny Appleseed, you fucking idiot. You're about to, f- this guy trains under you, Uf- idiot. And then this one, my one friend, uh, DJ's girlfriend was like, oh my God, I'm going to call the cops. And I'm like, no, you're not. You better not call the cops. We don't want no snitches up in here. You know what? You obviously don't know what's going to happen if the fucking cops get called, but I sympathize and empathize with your, your, uh, ignorance on police, but you don't call the cops. Anyway, you guys, that's my little 10 minute snippet of a story. I hope you enjoy it. It's not much, but Hey, it happened to me. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. So unk, signing off. Signing out. <laughs> stay strong. Stay safe. I love you guys. Peace, love, all the above.
0: Pigs, 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 pigs. 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 Ah. Quit the soft stepping Ain't no excuse cause you talk Reckless, I'm rummaging through this wreckage Of beats right after I wreck them Anita, give me a second I'm baking and playing reverend I'm baking off of the stove Once I break them through text message If I'm ever a father Karma says I'll have a daughter But my aura says I'll slaughter Any of these boys that's making offers The Heisenberg of rhyming words But I'm drunk as fuck So these lines are slurred Quit that talk, no time for the turd Coming out your mouth Kill him on the couch Kill him on the track Fuck rapping about Kill him with the gas of the mask or without Gassing your throat from glass with a passing pass And without toe tags and I'm out. Motor wraps in the house. Seven is deep, seven half in your spouse. Nine on the dash, might have crashed with a jag man. Fuck dry shit, this the last of the drought. Straight. Uh-uh, uh 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 pigs, 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 put. out good life, good life, good, good life, good life. <cuales>. <laughs> <laughs> Oink, oink, motherfucker <laughs> Woo Is that, that it? That's it. it.